Welcome to the Happy Home Birth Podcast, your source for positive natural childbirth stories and your community of support, education, and encouragement in all things home birth and motherhood. What do you do when you're sold on the idea of home birth, but your area has either no midwives or no midwives that you like and trust? Hey there, happy home birthers, and welcome to episode 159 of the Happy Home Birth Podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Fusco, and today, as promised, we're diving into what we can do when our midwifery options, well, stink. Hopefully, wherever you're located, you've got a number of wonderful midwives around who are skilled and supportive and who are willing to leave physiological birth alone and only step in when help is needed. But what if that's not the case? Based on my own Instagram polls, 47% of you stated that you had very few or no choices when it comes to midwives. Wow, that is a staggeringly large percentage. I was expecting maybe one-fourth of mothers struggled to find a midwife, not almost half. If you are in this category, my heart goes out to you. I can imagine some of you have felt like you've had the wind sucked out of your sails. Here, you've done all of this research. You know that home birth is a safe, supportive, and satisfying option. And now you're met with a roadblock. This is not the way you wanted things to go. And I completely empathize with you. I want to mention that this really brings attention to the fact that we need more midwives and we need sustainable midwifery practices. The life of a solo midwife is extremely hard. Being on call constantly, waking up at all hours of the night to answer calls or texts or head to a birth, missing family birthdays and celebrations, not knowing when you'll be home next to even move the laundry along. It's a taxing career choice, and the burnout rate is extraordinary. Many midwives-to-be don't even make it to their own practices because the apprenticeship is so brutal to begin with. I believe that if more midwives were able to take on a more sustainable practice by working with several like-minded midwives who share call time, prenatal visits, and births, so that each midwife was able to have planned time off, we'd see more quality midwifery options. And I know that that's easier said than done. But like I said, if these changes were implemented even in the apprenticeship phase, I think there would be more midwives to choose from, to form practices with. If you're interested in learning more about sustainable midwifery, check out my friend Madeline Murray's Instagram account, Believe in Midwifery, or listen to her first episode with me on the podcast, episode 23. And I will be sure to link any episode that I mention inside of this episode in the resources. Now, while all of that is incredibly important for long-term improvement to midwifery care, I know it doesn't help you right now if you're currently pregnant and trying to decide what to do about your minimal birthing options. So today, I am going to give you a few ideas on what you can do if you find yourself in the middle of a quality midwifery drought. I'll also share a few polls that I took from my followers on Instagram, as well as a few bits of insight on what some moms chose to do when they were faced with this situation. Something I'd like to cover before we go deeper, it may be that your area is absolutely full of midwives, but you don't feel comfortable with any of them. Water, water everywhere, but not a drop to spare. 
this information is going to be helpful for you too. Okay, now please remember that these are just ideas. This is not medical advice. So continue to make empowered decisions for yourself and your family. Let's get into it though. The first thing I want to start with in this conversation is honestly the most important part. No matter your decision, and this is going to apply to every single person, no matter what birthing options you choose. You ready? You are not a victim of your situation and you always have a choice. Bam, there it is. You might label that as a hard pill to swallow and I don't blame you if you do. Let me try to give you a glass of water to wash it down with an explanation. Listen, one of the most critical aspects that we cover inside of Happy Home Birth Academy is the fact that you are in charge. You get to make decisions for yourself and your family. Now, sometimes as a mother, we have to make decisions that are just not fun. Like, am I going to do the laundry first or the dishes? Our children have to decide between, am I going to make my bed first or brush my teeth? It's not always thrilling stuff. Sometimes we're choosing between something we don't like and something we don't like even more. But we still have a choice. When we roll around in the feeling of helplessness and victimhood, we don't often make much progress. Or if we do, it's coming from such a negative thought space that no matter what happens, we won't be satisfied. My friends, that is not how you want to view your birthing experience. It's really paving a way to trauma, even if everything technically turns out okay from the outside perspective. So while I completely understand even grieving over the fact that you don't have the care that you want, after that, steps have to be taken. You know, choices have to be made. And at that point, we can decide, all right, I am going to make the best decisions. I'm going to be as positive about this as I can be. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Mindset is everything. Perspective is everything. And having a positive lens, well, it makes all of the difference in the world. So as we go into some of the options that other mothers have chosen in the past and some of the options that you may have to consider for yourself, let's remember that we can choose our outlook and we can be excited for what's to come. Positivity attracts more positivity in my experience, and a negative perspective turns the whole world dark. So make yourself a promise that you're going to go into this decision with the most open heart possible. Let's talk about seven different options that you may consider when you're in a situation where you don't have access to a midwife that you love. And remember, these are ideas. I don't know you. I don't know your midwife or your situation. I can't speak into your life with clarity nearly as well as you can. So take radical responsibility here. And I always recommend praying about any decision. These are merely jumping off points. So our first option is to choose the midwife that you don't love, but mitigate the experience. Now, this may be a good option when you trust her as a medical professional, but maybe you don't love her personality. When I say to mitigate the experience, I mean that you should very much take preparation into your own hands. Take a high-quality childbirth education program. I highly recommend Happy Home Birth Academy, believe it or not, <laughs> and make sure that all other relationships of the birthing team are top-notch. 
And speaking of your birthing team, I would highly, strongly encourage a doula who is well-versed in home birth, who is well-versed in your rights as a mother, and who you can express all of your birth desires to. There are oftentimes far more doulas to choose from than midwives. Your doula can serve as the buffer, and you can rely on her and your partner to help you achieve the birth you want and simply use your midwife as medical oversight when the time comes. This may also look like waiting longer to have your midwife come. Make sure that you're really, fully in active labor. And I mean, heck, isn't that what we typically recommend when it comes to going to the hospital in labor anyway? Stay at home and labor as long as possible so that you can avoid interventions. It's the same application. Wait until you really feel like you need your midwife before having her join your labor. And you could also tell her, I really want privacy. Would you mind only coming in when you're checking heart tones? You could set up a space for her in another room of your house so that she can rest and get comfortable without being in your birthing space. And finally, you have every right to informed consent. Your midwife cannot make you do anything. You should make your desires very clear, especially regarding things like vaginal exams, whether or not you want her to be hands-off as baby emerges, and how you'd like her to manage the placenta. You can say hands-off and no to anything. You're a grown woman, and you can make decisions. And you can always decline her recommendations if need be, just like you can at the hospital. I would now like to share a few experiences and comments, both positive and negative, from mothers who chose to go with a lackluster midwife. So one mom said, the midwife kind of sucked, but her assistants were actually CPMs, certified professional midwives, and were amazing. So it kind of made up for her not being great. Another mom said, two times I went with a midwife I didn't like, and both times ended in C-section. Another mom said, I've done a ton of my own research to help me ask lots of questions. Another mom said, it went very poorly. She abused my cervix and manipulated me into vaginal exams. She pulled my placenta out. I plan to have a free birth next time. Another mom said, I got an amazing doula to help make up for it. One mom said, it ended with trauma. Another one said, I knew I just needed my husband with me. In the end, my experience was amazing. And then one mom said, I lowered my expectations of relationship and thought of her strictly as a medical safety person. Also, her assistant was more crunchy, so I felt more comfortable with both of them than just the midwife. So there you have it, an array of experiences. I hope that these serve to prepare you beforehand so that if you do choose to go with a midwife you don't totally jive with, you can maintain your God-given control over the situation. It's your body, and it's your baby. And remember, what's best for you and your family may not be what's best for someone else's. That's the beauty of taking responsibility for your choices and then going with it. Okay, your next option. Another option that you may feel is best is to choose to give birth in the hospital or maybe a hospital-based birth center. You may be able to find a midwifery-run practice and feel comfortable with that decision, or perhaps you'll be able to find an obstetrician or group that you trust. Either way, much of what I said regarding going with a midwife also applies here. So educate yourself on your options, on what's likely going to be offered or encouraged, on the different hospital protocols that they may try to enforce and that you may need to firmly decline. Gain as much information as you can so that you can walk in feeling prepared and knowing your rights. 
Again, have your spouse on board and make sure you do lots of the prep together. And I certainly encourage a doula who is going to be willing to advocate. I know there are tons of doulas who say that advocating is in their job, etc. But if it were me giving birth in a hospital, I would want a doula that I trust will be watching everything like a hawk and who will be willing to sound the alarm if anything looks fishy. It's hard to be on the alert when you're trying to relax in labor. Having a trustworthy doula and an on-guard husband can go quite a long way. I also very much recommend checking out the book Shared Decision Making by Dr. Brad Boots-Taylor. I had Dr. Boots-Taylor on the podcast back in episode 84, which I will link in the show notes. Unfortunately, the audio quality of that episode lacks a lot to be desired, but the content is amazing. As I alluded to earlier, sometimes the best thing you can do when giving birth in the hospital is show up fashionably late. There's less time for intervening when you show up deep in active labor. One of the best births I attended personally was a mom who arrived at the hospital at nine centimeters. Her baby was basically on the perineum and she pushed her out on hands and knees without any intervention from the surrounding doctors and nurses. Next option, consider giving birth at an Airbnb or hotel within range of a midwife you do like and trust. Now, I know this can be more difficult to pull off, and you certainly have to weigh the emotional aspect of this. Will you need to plan to spend a few weeks in the Airbnb around your due date? Do you plan to travel at the first signs of labor? Is this financially feasible? There are so many questions that would go into this, but this is exactly what Katie did in episode 112. She did end up traveling when in early labor and made it safely to the Airbnb with time. She'd hired a midwife in the area who was willing to take on the situation. So if you do choose to do something like this, you could consider doing prenatal care virtually and supplement with a local care provider, even an obstetrician if you want, just to keep up with your vitals and baby's growth. Next, very similar to our option number three would be to travel to family or friends if they live in an area that has good midwifery options. Again, virtual and supplemental care could be helpful in this situation if that's something that you'd like. Shayla from episode 40 did this with one of her births. Okay, number five, you can reach out to midwives that you think are outside of your area range and see if they'll be willing to work with you. Whether that means you travel to their freestanding birth center or whether they travel to you for the birth. If you've got a cushy budget, I'm sure there are midwives who would travel to your area during your on-call window. Many mothers who used my midwife lived quite a distance away. Typically, they would travel to her for appointments, but she would, of course, drive out to them for the home visit, the birth, and the first few postpartum visits. A number of mothers shared stories like that. So one mom found a midwife four and a half hours away and traveled for appointments. Another drove two hours away to see a midwife in another city, and she plans to give birth in a birth center there. One mom found and convinced a midwife to travel an hour and a half into her town. And another mom drove two and a half hours to the nearest freestanding birth center. One mom drove 65 miles one way for all of her appointments. So... It may not be fun, but it may be an option if you're feeling like there's no way, they're just too far away, there's no way they'll do it. Call and see first. You know, you you might be surprised. Number six, another option for you if you're having uncertainties about what to choose, 
Perhaps there's a midwife around, but she's not your favorite, but you're not sure you want to give birth at the hospital. You could do co-care prenatally. So that means that you would see both the midwife and the hospital practice. So if you have insurance, hopefully at least your hospital visits will be somewhat covered so that the cost of doing both wouldn't be astronomical. Some insurance covers midwifery prenatals too. But if this is financially a possibility for you, it might help you feel more comfortable with whatever decision you choose to make by having established care with two different options and getting to know both of those options beforehand. When you have something to compare with, it can make the choice easier. In fact, in the Facebook Live I did with Lisa Bass from Farmhouse on Boone, she had the greatest idea. Go interview the local OB group. Find out their rates of cesarean, of forceps, of vacuum delivery, of episiotomies and NICU care. And then compare that to the midwife around, if there is one. It may be that your local hospital has some OBs or midwives who are truly woman-centered and willing to give you the physiological birth you desire. Doing your research, perhaps having care by both options for at least part of the pregnancy, can help you make an informed decision on what care to choose and leave you feeling more confident. And finally, (laughs) the most controversial point of all, I saved it for last, Don't send me hate mail, midwives, please. I know this might ruffle some feathers, but moms, you do know you're allowed to give birth at home without a midwife, right? It's legal. It's an option. It's an option that may feel totally foreign and out of the question for you. And if that's how you feel, then respect that. But for some mothers, giving birth unassisted feels like the less risky option. And that should also be respected. I remember in the episode with Dr. Sarah of Birth Uprising how she felt with her second child after a traumatic and unnecessary cesarean with her first. She said that giving birth in the hospital again seemed far riskier to her than doing it at home on her own. And then with her third, and I so relate to this, she hired midwives that she loved. Not because she felt like she needed them, but because she truly wanted them. She knew they would add to the experience. That is certainly how I feel about my midwife, and I love that she's there should the rare emergency occur. I wish this is how everyone was able to feel about their midwife, but unfortunately that is not the case for almost half of you. And quite a number of mothers in the polls and questions I asked on Instagram opted to give birth unassisted. Some very intentionally, a couple on accident, after having a negative care provider experience previously. In fact, of the mothers who opted not to work with the local midwife with which they were uncomfortable, 63% chose free birth instead of giving birth at the hospital. That was 24 votes for unassisted compared to 14 votes for the hospital. I'll be honest, I was blown away by that percentage. Something to remember when it comes to giving birth unassisted, though, is that there are women who are willing to support in a typically extremely hands-off way. They're usually known as birth keepers or traditional midwives or radical birth keepers. In fact, some of these women may be extremely experienced midwives who just disagree wholeheartedly with licensure for any number of reasons or who feel that physiological birth needs to be left entirely alone except for you know, the very rare emergencies. 
So I will be sure to link some of our unassisted birth episodes in the show notes, as well as some other resources you might want to look into if this is what you're considering. So do your research and remember that even though giving birth unassisted is considered to be the ultimate acceptance of responsibility for birth, I want you to take as much responsibility for your birth, whether you do it in the hospital, with a midwife, or as my two-year-old says, all by my loan. I'm not advocating for any one of these choices over the others, by the way. Like I said earlier, I don't know your situation. I don't know your risk tolerance. I don't know your background. None of this is a medical advice or counsel, so don't take it that way. You are a bright, intelligent woman, and you can make good choices for yourself. So there you have it, seven options for you, even if you feel like they're all terrible. (laughs) More than anything, I want you to realize that this isn't happening to you. You can choose to be a part of it, just like you can in labor. You can assign positive feelings to your options and choices, and you get to choose which one works best for you. There's always a choice. Inside of Happy Home Birth Academy, I stress the importance of thinking things through using your brain. So that's an acronym that stands for what are the benefits? What are the risks? Are there any alternatives? What is my intuition saying? And I use that time to pray and really listen to the Holy Spirit. And what happens if we do nothing? These are such good questions to use, honestly, on a daily basis, (laughs) but especially for these big old juicy decisions. Think them through and trust yourself to make the right decision and make the most out of whatever situation plays out. You're giving birth in the hospital but really wanted a home birth? Make that room as homey as you can. Bring all of your stuff and nestle on in and use the word no liberally. You're using a midwife that you aren't well connected with? Hire a doula and prepare deeply with your spouse. You're wanting to give birth unassisted but it feels overwhelming? Educate yourself. Whatever you do, however you do it, know that you are driving the bus. You are in charge. You have all the responsibility. And that's a good thing because nobody knows you and your baby like you do. And nobody loves your baby as much as you do. You can prepare and you can make good decisions for your family. Okay? I hope this was a helpful episode for you. If it was, would you please take a moment to share it with your friends, maybe share it on Instagram stories, or if you could share it on Facebook or just word of mouth, hopefully this will help other moms who are feeling like they don't know what decision to make. It can provide some comfort and bring a new lens to view their situation through. All right, my friends, thank you so much for listening this week. I will see you back here next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Are you looking to extend the home birth support, encouragement, and education? Join us in our Facebook group, Happy Home Birth Podcast Community, and check us out on Instagram at Happy Home Birth Podcast.